Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, currently featuring Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, Star Wars Rebels, Moonbeam City, Ruby, and Adventure Time. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Delaney Stovall. Hello. Today, Delaney and I are discussing the latest episode of Ruby. It's a brawl in the family. Uh, we will discuss that terrible title. <laughs> terrible title in a second. Uh, we discuss uh, Ruby every Sunday afternoon here on the Overly Animated Podcast, and you can check out all our podcasts featuring regular coverage of the shows I mentioned uh, in the beginning at overlyanimated.com. Uh, coming up this week, we have many podcasts on Adventure Time. The Stakes miniseries is coming out in addition to our regular week-to-week coverage of certain shows. So uh, let's get right into the this latest episode of Ruby. It's Brawl in the Family. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> this is a ter- this is like the worst title I've ever heard of. So this is so bad. It's I don't uh, like the pun doesn't even work. I don't. Why is it? Why is it all in the family? I don't. It's kind of a little bit, I but. Mean- I mean, it's guess it's because we have like two family members, and it's like but the people that. that are fighting aren't related. Okay, <laughs> you can, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, what did you think? Tried. What did you think of its brawl in the family, Delaney? Like the episode or the title? We're gonna continue to bash. Yeah, no, the episode. I really liked the episode. I mean, at first I was like, okay, whatever, but um, I want to date Winter. Like, <laughs> can I like? Be Winter's girlfriend, please. <laughs> and then um, the fight was awesome. It was pretty great. I enjoyed it. And it's also funny, like, how similar. It's very clear that Weiss, like, wants to be everything Winter is. Like, they fight the same way. So I'm assuming Weiss is, like, mirrored how she fights after Winter. But there is a distinct difference in how they fight. But um, also, Uncle Crow is, like, cool and a lot younger than I thought he'd be. Like, oh, Uncle Crow is, like, not old. Yeah. So it's really hard to tell in the show who's what age because like everyone looks the same. <laughs> they do. Seems like he's 30s, right? I would think so. Yeah. And then I mean I like so far I like him and uh Ruby's relationship. Also, I officially ship Weiss and Ruby. It happened in this episode. Winter was like, Thank you for taking an interest in Yes, this. dude. Like, yes. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Yes. Like it happened right there. I was like, Good. oh, you I just the dark I side. fell into the boat. Okay. It happened. <laughs> uh, briefly, we didn't get. I didn't get your thoughts on uh, last week's because you weren't on that one. Um, I was pretty critical of it uh, in my podcast on last week's. Critical of it. I'm. Yeah. I liked it. I can't think of anything I had like a problem with it about. I mean, the thing with Crow though, that was kind of annoying because it's like, who are you? And then you kind of don't care. I didn't really yeah. like handle that. Um, the fights. Nep. I don't care about Neptune. Yeah, I don't exactly. care. About the yeah. But like, why do we have boys? Like, I don't, and I don't like Sun. Like, we've had this discussion. I despise. Sun. I defended like, Sun on on the podcast. No, but yeah, no. The, the, the problem with last week is that the crow stuff was incredibly dumb and annoying, and the fights were mediocre. Um, and they were about people we didn't care about. But uh, yeah. this this week, basically, uh, I was very nervous because last week's episode was kind of bad, and this week's was a big improvement, and I think it did a lot right, and I'm very excited. What was that? Enter. Winter, yeah, um, you know, winter's okay. I don't know. There's, it's, it's a brief introduction. I think Crow stands out a little more. Um, well, yeah, the, his, their characterization of him is um, kind of more concrete and stuff. Not that I don't, you know, I'm not saying I prefer Crow. I don't know. He's the type of character I don't like. So, it's, she's like, wow, 
ice, like on crack. And I don't mean like crazy. I mean like she's just more Weiss. She's just like, she's a colder version of Weiss. Yeah. Yeah, that's like she's like more, and it's but it's interesting too because she clearly cares about her sister, and it's really funny. I really is that like clear? Part, I'm not sure. I really like the part where it's like I didn't ask you how you were doing. I asked how you were, and then she hit her. Like that was that was great. I like that. Like. Uh... I don't know. She has how you in and not like I don't know. I enjoyed that. Like, are you eating enough? Like, I think I think they do care about each other. I don't know. I really liked that part. Like, an, that part made me happy. That's an optimistic way to look at that scene. I think you've convinced me, but at the same time, she did hit her, so I was not very happy with that. Like, I mean, I don't. I mean, I have a little brother, and he has stitches for me. So like these things happen. <laughs> And I didn't hurt. I didn't do it on purpose, by the way. Like, I didn't like attack. Well, as I am a younger sibling, so I was not happy with that. So maybe I'm relating to Ice in that way. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. It's brawl. This episode um, does like a ton great. There's a few things which I'm going to criticize pretty heavily. Uh, but made the major things that it does are the fight isn't a big improvement. This is probably the best fight scene we have so far. I don't think it's great, but it's fine. Um, the the interaction the best thing that this episode does is uh the show has been just kind of steadily improving throughout its run at its like humorous uh uh character to character dialogue and this episode i think is a good um example of how it's at a point where like it's not cringeworthy and that it's actually kind of funny at this point um kind of ruby and uh weiss's exchanges in this episode are actually actually really funny and really well tuned to their characters um I agree. Yeah, uh, huge, huge props to Lindsay Jones and Kara um, Eber Eberl or Eberly. I don't know. Um, who just nail Ruby and Weiss's dialogue? I think in a way that previous episodes of the show haven't stood out to me for their voice acting. I mean, all of the voice actors in the show, actually, except for Crow, it looks like, are inner uh, Rooster Teeth people who aren't actually voice actors. So a lot of times you kind of have some crappy voice acting, but. Um, you know, Lindsay and Kara have just really stepped up and they really just nail the dialogue in this episode. Um, the big scene at the end, we have a lot of exposition and uh, I think it's good that this show is kind of leading us to a direction where things make sense, although it's being very vague. We'll... Yeah, I still don't understand what's going on. No, no, no. There's a lot of... They they answer a little bit, and then they just introduce a lot of other elements. So we'll Yeah, no, I mean, they did, but, like, the thing is they didn't, like, actually answer anything. I, okay, we'll talk. I mean, I've had... I You know, I watch these on, on Saturday, so I have, like, had a day to sit on this, read speculation. We'll, we'll get into what some of this... What some of this means. Uh, and, yeah, so... I, I was overall happy with this episode, and I'm glad that the show isn't going to be terrible. So let's let's go with that. Uh, I'm you know I'm still not. I, I, this is the third episode in a row with a fight scene. Um, I don't know if we need a fight sequence every episode, but it looks like we're kind of going that way. Because looks like next episode has one well, too, right? We're in the festival, so like it's going to continue to happen. Yeah. What's your What's your take on this? Because even season two even was very fight heavy. It still wasn't every week, especially in the first half. Well, I mean, I don't think there's really a problem with it as long as, like, the fights, like, are either, they either help move the plot. Like, this fight in this episode kind of helped move the plot. Like, this mm -hmm. had a purpose. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the Vital Festival, it's fine. I mean, I was right, though. My theory has been proven that the games are rigged. And then, um, so I think it's more about, it's just going to have to be, like, a case-by-case -case basis. Like in, like, in general, it's not a problem. It just depends on, like, the, if the fights are high quality. 
I mean, if they're, like, terrible and they last, like, three minutes, like, no thanks. But, I mean, if they're good, if they're nice to watch, like, if they're great, and then they, like, if they actually do something for the plot, or they actually, like, serve a purpose, I don't think, that's a pro- I don't think there's a problem with having a fight every episode. I mean, and, of course, we're, we're literally in a plot device that traps us in having a fight every episode. Yeah. As long as they deliver good fights, I mean, obviously, last week's, I mean, I didn't really... I don't think the fights last week were the worst. It was just like they were about characters you don't care about, so it's hard to care. Okay, right. Okay, there's three problems with the fight scenes that they're doing, and you hit on all of them. Number one, they involve characters that we don't care about. This episode continues that trend. Number two, they don't uh, forward the plot. Uh, This episode reverses that. Tournament fights don't matter. I don't care about them. Number three is they're not good, Um, and that would... That's to be expected given the production situation. However, um, you know, they should probably know that and just not jump into a plot thing that involves a ton of fights when that's going to be the weak point now. Um, And I don't expect us suddenly to get incredible fight sequences, although I do think this was an improvement. And I think the general reaction in the fandom has uh, agreed with that assessment. Um, Well, hopefully, like, we've gotten to a point that maybe we won't have to see a fight every episode, like, or we won't have to see all the tournament fights. Like, maybe they'll just show, like, Who's winning? And they we might hopefully we'll get an episode where they just flash through the brackets. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping Which we don't. I'm hoping we do not see the fight that was alluded to at the end of the episode because I do not care about it. As much as right. I love Coco, Coco is like the best. I just don't need to see that fight. Yeah. Like I mean, that fight is Coco versus um versus uh, Emerald, who which is like two of my faves. But yeah. Uh, I mean, I think what's more interesting would be to like continue to watch as they rig the fights and then see how they those play out until we get to obviously the ruby and then fight here's a revolutionary revolutionary idea let's focus on our main characters this this show refuses to do that it is very frustrating um we have so many characters it's getting to the point where like this is worse than cora book um book three uh yeah so many freaking characters Korra just always focused on the main gang, though. That's the thing. Yeah. This show just doesn't seem to care about focusing on the main gang. Um, yeah, let's okay. Let's let's get into the, this episode. It can be broken down into three segments: the pre-fight, the fight, and then this uh, exposition scene at the end. And to me, the strongest part of the episode are Ruby and Weiss's interactions with Crow and Winter in uh, the beginning of the episode. Uh, I, so I think that to a, a lot of people, I guess, don't love Weiss. I mean, Weiss is my favorite character, but so I don't really understand that. But well, of course, a lot of people don't like Weiss. People, that's the her character model is the character model that people hate. Like, it's that's like the, the, thing. Co- like, the cold, yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, a lot of people don't like the character model. So I think a lot of people are going to find her more sympathetic this episode than ever, right? Um, because she's not actually in a position of superiority like in in a social situation as opposed to normal um this one she's trying to she's like trying to be uh her sister's there and she wants her to like her and it's just very obvious that um it's like she's not being cold for one she's being very warm and it's it's pretty sympathetic uh it's it's uh yeah like what do you think of of this side of weiss do you see this as a realistic extension of weiss's character I mean, yes, and we we've been seeing why. I mean, Weiss has. I mean, Weiss has. I don't want to say become less cold because I really don't like that like description of directed towards a woman at all. 
but she she um, puts on this front and as we got as she's gotten to know her her teammates more it is um appeared less and less for sure yeah no she's definitely we've seen more and more of weiss and clearly weiss is that kind of person who needs to get to know you yeah. and it's more of like who can i be myself with and that's very clear and we've gotten that and her and ruby are biffles like yes. we know this and i think this is very realistic and like anyone who has siblings who has i mean it's hard for me to I understand this dynamic, but I'm the older sibling myself, so it's I don't I'm like I'm not a member of this dynamic in particular. But like this is very this is something people are are used to. Like this is a thing. Like very, obviously you want your older sibling. I've had this with older cousins. Like you, this is very very sympathetic, very realistic. Like in that, and of course Weiss above all else, above anyone else would act this way. And we've we've had hints of this too. We're talking about her family and like. When she went and was try- messaging, and they were all very shocked, she didn't want to talk to Winter. And yeah, yeah, they, they've they've led up to this for sure. So and it's done very well, I think. Yeah, I I agree. Um, yeah, I think I just think it's realistic. It's emphatic. Most notably about these early scenes is kind of just like you would expect. Okay, I, if I had to play, see how this how this situation would go, it's like okay. Um, Weiss is there trying to get uh, Winter to be, you know, happy with her. And then Ruby's there, too. And then Weiss is going to be, like, super mean to Ruby because she's, like, disrupting what's going on. But what we actually see is Weiss just being, like, pretty buddy-buddy with Ruby. Like, that, yeah. that, that, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> that This is this is kind of the most, um, like, get, getting along that they've, that they've had. And it's uh, at a time when Weiss would be in a position where, like, she does... Weiss is comfortable showing her affections towards Ruby in front of someone who she wants to like appear sympathetic to. That's that's kind of crazy. Well, I think it's well. Winter did ask. She's like, "Are you making friends?" And I think that's part of it too. Is that like she's trying to live up to Winter's expectations? There's that side and, of that too. Yeah. And then I don't know. It just and also Ruby didn't like Ruby didn't speak a lot in this episode at all. Like, there was very little dialogue from Ruby. And Ruby didn't even... T- I mean, Ruby, like, babbled in this exchange. But there also wasn't anything she really did that would, like, warrant Weiss being, like, awful to her. Like, yes, yeah, so if this was, like, episode one, Weiss should have been like, oh, my God, you are the worst. But, I don't know. Like, I think this is a natural... Like, this... I wasn't surprised watching this That's good. That means, they, that means they've handled this progression well. well yeah, I, well, I agree. Which is interesting because the, mo- the majority of this progression has been off-screen. Uh, yeah, because they never show the main cast, yeah. but yeah, um, it's, 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 it's been there to a certain extent. I mean, we've got, no, it's been there, but I'm saying that the majority of it, like, if you would just take the show at face value, they shouldn't be friends at this point or right, they should yeah. be kind of friends, but they're, they shouldn't be as close as they are. But we've had a lot of progression off screen because the two seasons so far have taken over like several chunks of time. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of time between seasons one and two, which is like not yeah. even obvious watching the show. Um, so yeah, I mean, just as a white rose shipper, this is this is like great. <laughs> this well, these, now these I ship it. Oh my god, you ship it now. Like we had so many okay. R- Ruby's um, kind of like humorous, awkward dialogue is totally on point here. We have uh, uh, it's it's winter saying beacon. It's been a long time. The air feels different. And Ruby's like it. I mean, it is fall, so it's probably quite autumn. Cool. I mean, yeah, that's great. Um, we have what was the other one she had? Uh, there was um, 
like the time that she uh, pushes like the the anime style bump that Weiss gets on the head back in. And yes. uh, that was great. That was also totally, she's like taking care of Weiss. Yes. Okay. And then of course we had, um, as you mentioned, the, I wish to thank you for taking an interest in my sister. Why did, did they phrase it like that on purpose? Or is it just, that was their version of the like uh, noble dialogue in, in, in that case? I like don't know. I mean, my super heart says. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just them trying to uh, have like upper class dialogue, I guess, uh, for for winter, which was a little awkward at times, but that's okay. Um, we had uh, one of the problems that the show has in this episode specifically, and I'm going to be fairly critical of it when we discuss the last scene, is um, throwing exposition at us at unnatural places in the story. Um, And we have the first example of this in the opening scene when when, uh, Weiss is like, oh, Vale is so much different from... uh, from Atlas, the school and government are separate, and then she's was like, I know this. Um, so this is not something that makes sense for Weiss to say in this situation. Yeah. And it's it's kind of just for our benefit, I guess. This will be important later. Um, I don't know if we even knew this or not yet, but yeah, this is not... It's not it's well, I mean, not I don't... There's no way we, like, could have known this because it's such a weird detail. Yeah. Because, like, you wouldn't assume that uh, that other there, places, because we've only seen Vale. Like, it's the, a really weird thing to say. The, the show does a lot of exposition off screen as well with the world of remnants. I don't remember them saying this in one of them. I haven't watched. Yeah, I haven't you watched should watch those yet. and report back. But, yeah, I don't remember them saying that. Um, what, what else we have in this uh, opening scene? We had at the end, uh, Winter's like, take me to your quarters. And Weiss is like, the bunk beds only look unstable, which I thought was... One of the like best pieces of again another good example of the show improving on their kind of uh, humorous dialogue with because uh, like I was like okay they're going to their rooms that's the first thing I think of when I think of their rooms is their awkward looking bunk beds which are still yeah. there so I thought that was like well handled. Um, I thought it was, she's like bunk beds. Yeah. Uh, okay. So briefly, uh, okay, more talking more about Winter. Winter's apparently an Atlas specialist. She's obviously yeah. in the Atlas military in some form. Um, she's wearing a uniform. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Surrounded so, by robots. So she obviously has this um, his, some history with Crow. And to a certain extent, it, lo- it's, it feels um, weird that they care so much about fighting each other. And then later, it's, that seem, they seem, it seems like they're both small fish in the larger picture in the last scene. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's, like, it was just weird all around. Like, I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was very strange. And honestly, like, I, the, what's his face? Um, Ironwood, mm-hmm. that's his name, right? Like, mm-hmm. everything with him still makes very little sense. And, yeah. like, it's just so weird. We'll and talk about it at the end. They, like, they, uh, they give us more uh, concrete information here than yeah. before. I think they explain it pretty well. We'll talk about that. Um, so yeah. And Crow, Crow is, uh, so he's obviously the belligerent, um, drunk, like, and I think Ruby mentioned before that he goes on missions. Yeah. I think she meant like, we knew he was on assignment, I think. I I guess. Yeah. Um, what do you, so Crow actually is voiced by an actual voice actor, which is pretty notable. (laughs) So, and I think he does a pretty incredible job with, with this opening dialogue. Um, and 
uh, I guess they do a good. I'm I naturally will hate this type of character, and I didn't hate Crow in this episode, so I think that means they did a good job with him. <laughs> uh, briefly on um, yeah, we have uh, Crow is mad that Ironwood finally turned his back on Osbin. That's we'll talk about this later, but it's like Crow plus Crow is on Osbin's side, Winter's on Ironwood's side, basically. Um, their fight. Let's briefly talk about it. Uh, Winter has these uh, double uh, what, rapiers. I don't know what the sword is called. The the white sword, and they like extend yeah. out. Um, and then um, Crow has a ruby type weapon because remember that ruby her she made her uh, yeah, but it's a scythe slash slash gun. And what's notable yeah. about uh, same as rubies, and what's notable about his is he has like this gears that like segment the scythe. It's really interesting. Um, you know, it's really cool. Yeah, during the fight, we get uh, Ruby and Weiss cheering for their different sides. And again, notable about Weiss is Weiss isn't just mad at Ruby. She's like, oh, I should uh, also take on this uh, rooting game. She's like, uh, yeah, before she's like, teach him respect Winter, right? So it's obviously yeah, just, great. it's like, it, you can tell like the uncertainty in, in how to approach stuff like this with, with Weiss. And again, no animosity towards Ruby, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we I don't know. We don't need to talk about specifics on the fight. We said it's both we both said it's good. It's not necessarily incredible, but um, Yeah. They were brief, jumping on things and <laughs> Yeah, jumping around and stuff. Uh, I've heard that this is still slower than a lot of Monty's fights, which I think is probably true. I think this show needs to kind of increase Yeah, I could actually follow this fight like usually Which I think is like, a, which I think is a bad thing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, think, no, because like honestly, when I was watching like because I, like I marathoned it all like very recently, and like watching like the first like the first fights and, like in season one, it's like I don't even know what's going on right now. Like, especially when they're fighting like the giant bird in the forest, I'm like, what is this? I don't, I can't, I honestly can't comprehend what's going on. Which is totally like, what's supposed to be happening. Like, it's great. Yes, yeah, like I'm not supposed to. It's supposed to be like a video game where I'm like, what's going on? I'm just yeah. hitting buttons. Yeah. But then like now I could actually follow this fight. And then it gets to the point when you actually follow it, and then if you kind of know what's going to happen next, you stop paying attention. It just gets boring. Yeah. 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 Um, so this was okay, but it was too slow. I think the fight speed needs to increase. Uh, the other thing that I, I briefly mentioned this before, but stop throwing two characters. It's don't. It's this is a classic like thing that that writers do on shows, and it's just incredibly annoying. Why are you going to make two new people fight against each other who we don't care about yet? Like. Fight should be with people who we have a vested interest in. I don't care about Winter and I don't care about Crow. I know that we've heard about them on the show before, but you need to give the audience time to develop a rooted interest in them and not just instantly throw them at each other. That I don't think that's a good plot yep. decision. I agree. Like it's okay. like what 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 does this serve? It serves no purpose. They just messed up the courtyard, which got fixed anyway. Like there was no point. <laughs> yeah, well, Glinda can magically fix anything, but yeah. Yep. Uh, we briefly have a uh, Penny sighting, and then Penny and Ruby smile and wave at each other, which is incredible. Which is, it was adorable. Yeah. Uh, what What do you think of uh, nuts and bolts? You 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 can ship that. Maybe. Maybe I, I love their interactions. Yeah. Um, like I said, Glinda. And I ship, I still ship like Blake with everyone. <laughs> Blake and Yang not in this episode. Sigh. <laughs> Sigh. Yep. No. I mean, I'm glad that my two favorites are here, but let's feature the, the main cast. Yes, please. Um, as you mentioned, Ruby's and uh, Ruby like going and clinging onto Crow is, is adorable. Um, 
their interaction I enjoy. Like yeah, I like their relationship thus far. Yeah, that was really well done. Um, Weiss drew the end. Suddenly, your recklessness makes sense. The great Weiss line. Um, I like that. And then at the end, you're just mad because he whooped butt. And then Weiss again. And Weiss again, not uh, hostile. I was like, that was a draw at best. Like she's like just being petulant, not like. Yeah. Um, not like uh, animus. What's the noun form of that? Anyway, um, or the adjective, the adjective form of that. Anyway, okay. I don't the, think there's an adjective form. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, this ending scene. So the scene kind of has a turning point where it turns into um, throwing exposition at us in an unrealistic way, but it's we're not there yet at the beginning of the scene, so I still think it works. It's, it's, when, it's when winter leaves. It's when winter leaves, exactly. Um so the five of them, uh, Winter, Crow, Glinda, um, Ozpin, and Ironwater in Ozpin's office. He's always drunk, cut to Crow drinking. Interesting. I'm glad that they explained that to us because it's not obvious that that's what's going on, I think, before that. I don't know. Maybe it is, but it's, we, it's saw him drinking last, we saw him drinking last episode. No, though, it's, so. it's pretty obvious that he's always drunk. I forgot. I blocked out the dumb uh, scenes of him from last week, so I didn't remember that. Um been out of context for weeks. You sent me to get intel on our enemy, and I'm telling you, our enemy's here. We know. Okay, there you go. Thank so you. <laughs> uh, that's kind of the big, uh, the, I don't know. That's like, okay, so Crow, so the, what they're saying is Crow's been out. I think this this all makes sense within the context of Crow. So you have to just understand what's happening plot-wise within the show. I know that we don't know anything, so that them saying anything makes sense to us, but Crow is meeting with um, them. He's been out of the picture for a while. They're like catching up. So it makes sense that they would exchange details of what's happening now from both their perspectives. Yeah. It doesn't make sense that they already state what's already known between them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like um, what? Yeah. So that's and we already knew this. Yeah. Um, communications a two way street. I think. I think that we're. I would naturally side with with Crow on this. Why didn't they just you know tell him like he's just on some right. uh, some. Um, wild goose chase right if they already know yeah. that him being out there is is uh yeah but a reason to believe you've been compromised and then they don't expand on that again so that's great um and then they, i guess they thought he like had was a traitor or something i don't know and then winter leaves um what do you think of winter leaving well it's interesting because like they've built they've built winter up i mean not a lot we don't have a lot with winter but like they built her up to like be important, and then they just sent her away. Like, no, no, you got into a fight. We will go talk on the ship, and we will ground you. Go away. I think it's I think it's a bad decision because this episode's all about introducing Winter, and um, apparently she's not important enough to be in the inner circle, as they mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I think that their argument would be Winter. It doesn't make sense that Winter would be in the inner circle. Okay, fine, but you could just manipulate the plot to have her actually be there. Yeah. Um, and I guess maybe from a character perspective, um, Crow isn't going to talk freely unless she's gone or something. But yeah, yeah, not. Well, not... I see what I imagine happening at this point is that like I don't trust Ironwood like at, at all. So I'm assuming that like we're going to have some sort of like Winter has to choose crap or like she only gets Ironwood's side, and then there's going to be some revelation because. Like, I'm assuming that's what's going to have to happen, because if she's not in the meeting, she only knows what Ironwood tells her. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So she's not getting the other side of this. Okay, let's talk about the um, the everything that happens after now. So we're going to try to analyze this for plot, um, and I'm going to probably have to read off a lot, but we'll see. So first of all, we have 
this um, thing that makes no sense. Uh, Crow says, your infiltrator, your little infiltrator isn't just another pawn. They're the one responsible for Autumn's condition. And then Glinda's like, what? Um, so we have no idea. <laughs> what is that? We have no idea who Autumn is. So this is makes okay. no sense. Uh, of note that this is our three, we have three out of the four seasons accounted for now. We're just missing spring as a character. And uh, speculation on who Autumn is and what her condition is. There's no, there's nothing to speculate on. Like, is no, like, she could, uh, what even? How does Crow know that presumably they are talking about Cinder? How does Crow know that, know that Cinder is responsible for Autumn's condition? How did he figure that out? Did he, like, well, I mean, he's he's chasing them, isn't he? Like, that was his job, like. So there's a few things. Okay, so there's th- this is the first thing to mention in terms of Crow with relation to Cinder, who Crow doesn't know who Cinder is, but he knows he's chasing someone, and he knows it's a her. Yeah. Um, so Crow says you're... Presu- okay, so asterisk. They could be talking about a big bad above Cinder. Um, yeah. That's a possibility. Uh, but I, for now, we're going to assume it's Cinder because that seems more likely. Oh, if, if there's a if there's a larger big bad, it's going to get annoying real quick. Yeah, I don't think the show is going down that route, but uh, it is possible. Um, they when they in, when they have Cinder so readily available, they run the risk of her becoming not threatening enough. But yeah, uh, at the same time, at least she seems like a legitimate uh, opponent because she's been in the spotlight so much. Right? It's like yeah, Ozai. I, it's like Ozai at the end of Avatar. Isn't it's like okay, he's this guy we've never seen before, right? So yeah, um, it's maybe it's not the most fulfilling thing. Um, so okay that's number one with relation to crow and them uh responsible for autumn's condition then later he says um let's find this line uh he says i've been out there and i've seen the things she's made and let me tell you they are fear what does that mean is she making things like can she make things that are like grim the only thing that uh we've seen that might relate to this is just um the uh like the train in the uh, underground in the abandoned city at the end of last season it's like they're making a plan to get grim into the city that doesn't seem to make sense with this we haven't seen what the slider's referring to i think yeah we have no we don't we don't we haven't we haven't seen like we know nothing like they continue to like say things and we're like what yeah these i mean we're hitting on all the things that don't make sense there are some things that make sense and then the third thing in terms of crow with relation to cinder is at the end um we get a scene with Cinder and Mercury and Emerald, and Sin- they all seem very concerned that Crow is now here, and they know who he is, and um, they're like, okay, it's Crow. Because like, in in this meeting, Crow is obviously not one of the the big forces. It's, um, you know, it's it's Ozpin and it's Ironwood. But, uh, but Cinder and Gang seem more concerned with Crow than either of those two. Well, I thought they were more concerned with Crow and Winter. Um... They're just talking about Crow, I believe. When the well, see, that's that's another thing we can't we can't know for sure because well, they, they were okay. Both they, they say they, both, uh, they say uh, the hair and like the stench of something, right? Like they're talking about Crow, so they could. Yeah, you're right. They don't really mention Cinder. They mention Winter, I think. So I'm not sure. That was my read on it. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, um, no, I I, do, I mean they def they mention Crow directly, but like I think they are also like. I think there's also a chance they were also they could also be worried about winter. It's possible. So, but the big thing is that uh, 
there, there's some history between Crow tracking Cinder down. I guess that's that seems like seems like what we're talking about. It seems like with Cinder's doing more than we knew of, unless this line is just a red herring, um, the fear line. And we also have someone uh, who is Autumn, who has a connection to all of them, and she has a condition. So there you go. Um, that is a surprise to Glinda and them. Is that Cinder is responsible for Autumn's condition? Okay, so none of that makes sense for now. Let's talk about the oh. stuff that does make sense. So here's the part where Crow monologues about things that it doesn't make sense that he would tell to to the other people in the room. So he says, despite what the world thinks, we're not just teachers or generals or headmasters. The people in this room, the leaders uh, of the other two academies, we're the ones that keep the world safe from the evils no one even knows about. It's why we meet behind closed doors. It's why you work in the shadows. Okay, so this is basically explaining a long-running question in the show, which is, why aren't the governing councils of all nations the ones who are opposing Cinder in this in this fight? Um, oh. Why is it these headmasters who who are like the ones who seem to I be running the show? I didn't realize this was like a problem. I just assumed this was the thing. The show, yeah, it's it's something that doesn't like it doesn't seem like just until you think about well, it a lot. Well, I but. mean, I didn't really. I don't know. I guess the show I'm, just the show just takes it for granted so often. But in reality, it's like why it aren't the actual governments handling this situation? Well, I'm just so used to literally every plot that's like this. Like the governments never do anything. So like I, at this point, I'm not even surprised. Yeah, but what Crow is explaining here is that uh, they 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 have an inner circle. Uh, the, he mentions the word guardian later, and I'm not sure what that means. But it's seemingly they have they have a hero. Uh, they want a hero. Like it's going to be like Ruby. Like we want we need a champion. Yeah, I'm. It's. I'm not. I'm not convinced of that. It's. 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 It, that's. That's kind of how they make it sound. On the other hand, um, there's like an interpretation of the scene in which they are the the guardians. Like you, that word makes sense in that they are protecting like the true forces. Like they're the guardians of the world, even of of, of the even of the the uh, the governing councils. But at the same time, this consists of who? This consists of two of the headmasters. Uh, he says the leaders of the other two academies. So isn't this just the four headmasters plus Crow plus Glinda? Is that, so this is who we're talking about here. Um, two people we don't know about plus the four people in the room at the time. That's, that's an interesting um, inner sanctum. I'm not... Uh, but yeah, but this, this to me explains a long running, you know, kind of plot hole with the show. So I'm, I'm happy this is here. Uh, it doesn't make sense that he's saying it, but, um, uh, then he connects it to something you mentioned earlier. He says, so tell me, James, when you brought your army to Vale, did, did you think you were being discreet or did you just not give a damn? Um, he says, you're here because Ospin wanted you. He invited you to our inner circle and opened your, our, your eyes to what's in front of us. So again, uh it's it's they're the ones who really know what's going on osbin invited james into their their group um and then uh james says he explains he wanted the people of vale to feel safe because they don't know that this inner circle is there basically right um yeah so you mentioned that you don't trust james i think this episode makes it um is trying to say that yes jay uh, ironwood is for sure a good guy he's just approaching things from a different angle that's my read on this. Uh, like he's in the good guy's inner circle. He, um, however, is opposing Ospin in a way in which Ospin doesn't like, but it's just them having differing philosophies on how to handle this situation. I mean, sure, but I still don't trust him. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I think it seems very unlikely that he'd be working with Cinder. Maybe, I mean, he's opposing. No, I, I'm not saying yeah. that he works with Cinder, but like when it's going to come down to it, he's going to mess everything up. He could totally mess things up for sure. Like that's kind of what they 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 seem to be suggesting here. 
Um, later, Ospin says, if this is the size of our defenses, what is it we're expecting to fight? Um, yeah. Also, so. about the, you know, talking about inviting Ironwood into the inner circle. So they talked about, was it, so the government is separate from the schools in Vale. So yeah. that it implies that it's not like that elsewhere. So, of course, they have to keep it secret because apparently, and of course, Ironwood is like in charge of the army. So, like, if he is the headmaster of a school, he would apparently, he apparently like reports to the government. So does that, I guess that's why this is important, why it has to be secret. They're, they're, they're purposefully keeping it secret from the government. Um, Vale is different from Atlas and that the school or government are separate. No, I think that it's saying, so from that line, I guess, uh, Ironwood's from Atlas and Ironwood is also the head of government there, right? That's what Weiss is saying. Maybe, I don't know. It could be either way. That's the thing we don't know. Yeah, no, why says, why says Veil is different for Atlas if not the school and government are, are separate? I think that's what that means. I mean, we never see this for sure, I guess, but it makes sense that because Ironwood is the commander of, um, yeah, is the commander of the military and is also the headmaster. So that's what she's saying. Um, so yeah, that's further proof that this inner sanctum is not necessarily related to the governments because Ironwood had to be brought in. Uh, yeah. So then we have the thing with the Guardians. So uh uh in response to and let me tell you there fear uh Ozpin says and fear will bring the grim a guardian is a symbol of comfort but an army is a symbol of conflict dot, dot, dot. and he says at the end i suggest we find our guardian so there's two there's two contradicting lines here he says a, a guardian is a symbol of comfort but an army is a symbol of conflict that suggests that they are the guardians and an army is contradicting their mission but then at the end he well, says, "I suggest I we find they're our not, guardian." They're not. They're not. They're not the guardians. Bec- because I, because I, he says we he suggests we find our guardian. What is the like? How do you reconcile these two these two statements? Because I think they oppose each other. I don't think they oppose each other because I've never once thought that they were the guardians. Like, well, okay, you don't. Th- this is the first time they mention the word guardian here, so this is not something like, that we knew about. Clearly, before. they're okay. They're obviously building up to like Ruby being the guardian. Like that's how this has to work. Like that's that's how a show like this works. Like they're gonna find a champion, and I don't know if it's gonna be out of the Vital Festival or. Okay, interesting. So you're saying so a guardian is a symbol for an event, or they're just gonna pick somebody, but they're gonna choose someone to, to put all of their. It's no different than like have like yeah, like obviously we're building, we're gearing up for a giant war. They have to find their Achilles. So if you look at the like, statement in the context of the tournaments, um, a guardian is a symbol of comfort, but an army is a symbol of conflict. Then you can say, okay, so the guardian is whoever wins the tournament. But the army is also there, and that's a sign of conflict. So that explains that. Um, that explains kind of this uh, this dichotomy line. And then I suggest we find our guardian. So I guess the leading theory you're saying is that whoever wins the singles portion of the tournament, not I guess, necessarily, not necessarily. Like I'm not like that. I don't want that to be it. But like these are the possibilities. Like it's the winner of the tournament. They just pick somebody, or like there's some sort of test, or like something happens, and they're like, there is our champion. If that makes sense, like something terrible happens and someone steps up. Then you just really want this to be the goblet of fire, basically. That's what you're saying. I'm just telling you, like this is how these things work. Yeah, like, I mean, I the problem is this is being so vague. I think it's, um, I think we can't conclude too much, too much right well, now. Well, they're like, being super obvious about it, though. At the same time, like we have to find our guardian. Like, oh my god, and we're watching the show, and the main character's Ruby. I wonder who the who the guardian's gonna be. Yeah. Like, um, 
if if this is what this line ultimately leads to, then I think the scene is even worsely constructed than than previously. Because yeah, I certainly hope it's not this obvious, but like not, they're not exactly subtle. The, in the context of this episode, and obviously, isn't this uh, the obviousness isn't the problem for me? It's like they're talking about this inner circle, and then they instantly transition to this guardian thing. So um, I'm a little worried about uh, this how this thing is constructed. Anyway, you can give us your opinion on this. Um, Maybe I was too set on this, um, trying to figure out what their inner circle thing is called. I think that's true. Um, that I was too set on that. You're like really fixated on like, I don't know, like you're you're fixated on things to me that have already been obvious to me that like I didn't need I didn't need to have pointed out. Like I didn't need to have it. I didn't need to have dialogue to be like okay, if that makes sense. Like that was the thing that I needed to have for me to like be satisfied. Yeah, so I think we're fixated on different. The show always I'm like, took okay. it as a. It, it's interesting because. The show always took it as a given, so introducing an explanation to it kind of points out the flaw, right? You could have just taken it as a given before that, too. Um, one thing I want to emphasize here um, is that when you give us um, exposition that doesn't make sense in the context of the story, I feel like um, you could argue that, okay, it doesn't matter because the first time you watch this, it doesn't really matter. You're going to be just focused on the new information. I think that when uh, Miles and Carrie do this, that they're selling themselves in the show short. I think that a higher quality show does not do this and uh, does not do this type of bad expositional type of thing. And that I think that they can do bad exposition. They never tell us anything ever. And so when they do do things like this, it's really awkward and weird because we never know anything anyway. This is a separate problem. They're being too vague with their, their stuff. I mean, in terms of um, unrealistic uh, dialogue in in terms of the actual plot situation, I think that this is something that a higher quality show um will avoid and i think that they should uh not just assume that they're just this internet show i think that they need to kind of uh step up the you know their expectations i think um so do you think since there's so much vague here in this in this uh scene do you think this is like a negative i mean it's really hard to like i mean it's a negative this is a negative with the whole show this has always been a problem like it's always been like this where it's like we don't know anything and they tell us something and it feels really weird and clunky because the dialogue's awkward and then you're like what did they even tell us and then like you move on and then things kind of sort of make sense i mean honestly we still don't know it we still don't know anything like we don't know anything really concrete we know like very 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 few details and at this point i'm okay with that like i'm fine because it doesn't really matter at this point right now because nothing's happening like we we see we have Cinder doing things in the background. She's raiding the tournament, but like I don't know, it's really hard to like feel a certain way about things going on because we don't know anything, and then like we don't like how okay I'm supposed to be scared, but I don't know what's going on. Like I don't. It's a really weird limbo, and I think it is a negative, but like it's also been like this the whole time, so it's, this isn't anything new. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think it's more. I think it's probably more than normal with this episode but well yeah. with this episode because they're trying to tell us things but they one they don't actually tell us for me anyway they didn't tell me any new information that i felt was like actually important because like they said things but they were either things i had already inferred or things that were already like obvious but they hadn't like said it if that makes sense so like to me it was a lot of oh we're gonna say these things out loud that everyone already knows and it's like okay that's not helpful and now granted they also told us really vague things that like don't make sense like autumn and like so it's like we didn't actually get anything out of the scene except in- the Guardian thing, which, like, okay, I guess we're going in this weird direction. 
Um, they're introducing too many unknown variables. I agree. Yeah. I I think it makes sense that you would take this position. I would take the opposite because I'm very much a. I'm always like, okay, you need to explicitly tell me things in the show. So I think it makes sense that I would be happy that they explicitly say this inner synchro thing. Um, then it's we kind of annoying. Like I'm like I'm like it's at this point if they had said it like I don't know like like last season or like you know what I mean like the same at this point i'm like are you serious like you, i'm wanting actual information you tell me this i i would also i i, I do want to make i do think it's not just me wanting things concretely stated i think i would disagree with you i do think that this is not something that is completely inferred like i think you could infer it and but i think that it's not something that everyone um and, that, and that's fine but i also think that you can also be stated in in a way that's like like it's like with gravity falls sometimes like don't present things that are like don't present things in a way that make them seem super, super important when they're not. Like, don't use a scene like this to not act to like not tell us anything. At the very least, it's new information that Crow is in this inner circle and that uh, and that uh, Iron One was pulled in by Osborn. Um, Let's talk about this last scene for a second. Uh, because here I think we get, you know, our typical villain scene at the end of the episode. Um, stay the course, he says, um, Cinder says the rest of the heavy lifting is being taken care of thanks to our clever little friend. And then we see the uh, the Queen um, pro- hack program from midway through season two come back for the first time, right? Uh, and so and actually, you saw it on his saw it on his phone, right? Uh, did we? Yes, we did. Did you miss this? I mean, did we see the Queen there? Yes, like it when he goes to pick up his phone, you see the symbol, and then he takes his phone. Yeah, okay, at the, at the end, yeah. So, and then it transitions right into it, yeah. So, yeah. I think it's actually, they actually do a good job here, like, explaining what they're trying to say without actually saying it, which the show struggles with sometimes. Um, in that, uh, Cin- they're, they're implying that Cinder has access to everything at Beacon, computer-wise, and that once Ironwood places his phone on, like, the hologram projector, then he, she now has access to his phone as well. Yeah. Yeah, so... Props to the show for clearly stating that. I don't think that often happens. So um, yeah. I also think that's just okay. pretty eloquent expositioning with not telling us specific things. So um, apparently this is a thing. It was kind of weird that they did this for the first time since like a season and a half, but interesting. Interesting. Yes. Uh, and apparently Cinder has control over the tournament matches, which we didn't yep. know. She can just do whatever she wants. Yeah, because I, I mean, it makes sense if she's control over all the computers in Beacon. And she picks um, Emerald and Mercury to fight Coco and uh, Yatsu Ashi, who's one of the guys on Coco and Velvet's team. And we know um, they've been keeping stats, so I guess they're rigging the tournament so that it turns out a certain way. Yeah, we don't know what they're rigging it for, but this makes sense with what they're doing. And um, it's interesting that they would pick Coco as Emerald and Mercury's opponent, because Coco is one of the best fighters that we know of. So that's interesting. Do they want Emerald? Does she want Emerald and Mercury to lose, or does she think that they have an advantage because they know her powers and stuff like that? We will see. Well, it's interesting, too, because, I mean, this was last week, but um, apparently, like, obviously, semblances are not well known because they were talking and they were like, oh, her semblance. And then she just like, why can't Nora just like blew everyone away? So I guess it is a distinct advantage to know people's semblances because they're clearly like not well known. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that that their main advantage is um, figuring out the semblances. Yeah. Um, which we still don't know 100% things on, but clearly they're like special abilities. Yeah, I mean, it's a personal thing, so it wouldn't be public info, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay, overall, very interesting episode. A lot of negatives that we focused on, kind of, but I also think this was a... I'm now excited for the show again. 
Um, so yay, thumbs up. I think I think the best of the three episodes this season. Um, uh, maybe I did like the first episode. First one was also good, but um, I, I saw the first one more of as av- more of as average, and this one was like actively good. Okay. Next week, I um, don't know for sure because the uh, Rooster Teeth does not communicate well <laughs> with its audience, much like uh, it's, it's an internet um, mimicking, an internet site mimicking networks, which cannot communicate well. But I have heard that it might be a World of Remnant and not a new episode. <laughs> but I'll try to confirm this. Um, if, you, if you would like, you can check on our uh, next episode page on overlyanimated.com where I try to update with information the soonest I hear. But it might not be Newton, the show. So yeah, uh, thanks for listening, guys. I'm Dylan Ice, and that's Delaney Stovall. You can find out all information at overlyanimated.com. You can support us at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to our current patrons. Um, Shannon, Mitch Cordell, Beatrice, Nate, Andy, and Jamie, a.k.a. Hannah Fever, Mitch Cordell University, Beatrix, Strange, Buzz Lightyear, and Mailman. Uh, so like I said, maybe Ruby not new next week. We got Adventure Time coming up all of this week. We got uh, our Star Wars Rebels and Boom City coverage on Wednesday, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.